What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You know how in Plymouth I like to say everybody knows everything. It wouldn't be funny if the truth was that nobody knows anything. How long have I been on Plymouth Island? Feels like we've all been here forever. What's this? Just a little scratch. Please, don't kill that man. What? I will give you $10 million to drop my husband in the ocean for the sharks. There's right and wrong, heaven and hell. Some weird stuff going on right now. This whole island's a part of it, but nobody knows it. Okay, John, you want the truth? You don't. It's funny, huh? Where in the world are we? Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Thank you for joining us for They Call This a Movie. My name is Anthony Del Vecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello, Internet. I, I feel like the best way to watch these movies, this is after how many of these we've done, is to 45. you know split them up in half so that I watch the second half of the movie after completely forgotten what happened in the first half. It's like a whole new experience twice. I did that. Oh, what movie did I do that with? Oh, was it uh, Invasion USA I watched in okay. two halves? <laughs> <laughs> I, and I just kind of felt like, oh, well, it, I really don't care that I don't remember the first half because the first half kind of sucked. Kind of what I feel about this, but I'm sure as soon as Ant gets into the plot, I'll start remembering things and have tangents to go on. Yes. Well, you better. Uh, we have to fill out time, Mark. <laughs> yep. I can't do it on my own, man. <laughs> this week, we kind of strayed away from our usual trying to find something that is related to a new release, and we decided to watch a semi-new release. This is the first time we were actually yeah. watching a movie from the year that it came out, and this is none other than 2019's Serenity. Not to be confused with that shitty sci-fi movie that you nerds just love so much from 2005. Jen had mentioned, because I, I told her when she had asked what we'd be reviewing, I said Serenity. She said, ooh, you better be careful. A lot of people like that movie. Said, Wait a minute. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say they like this Matthew McConaughey movie. It just came out. I heard it was terrible. She said, no, there's another Serenity that has a cult following to it. Yeah. So I, I did not know that. I thought she was just... I thought she was suffering from like hysteria or something like that, like women usually do. Yeah. It was from the movie from the show that gave us Nathan Fillion. No, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought that was Firefly. It is. Well, Serenity it's is the movie. Based on Firefly. Oh. Oh, man. We just <laughs> blew go. Dan's mind right there. <laughs> I wish you guys would have had video for that. Yeah. I, that was a good one. Well, right, if you're well. listening and you thought you were tuning into Serenity from 2005, it's just okay. I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on it. Yeah, there goes all the all the mentions now. Oh, Fireflies overrated. At me, I dare you. You're full of hot me. takes today. And I heard Nathan Fillion's kind of a dick too in real life. Really, I can see that. So no, <laughs> yeah. but this has nothing to do with Nathan Fillion. He go fuck himself for all I care because he wasn't in 
2019's Serenity, starring Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jason Clark, Dishman Hoon Sue, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and Diane Lane. Directed by Stephen Knight, who is a British director, directed things like Locke, starring Tom Hardy, also the creator of Peaky Blinders and Taboo, both starring Tom Hardy. This movie has a strong cast. It's got a strong cast. A strong director, a too. Bit of a pedigree behind it. And it's... some strong McConaughey ass. Yeah, there's a lot of butt in this movie. I think really the only problem with this movie, more than anything like that, is the script. And we will get into that. But uh, before we do, uh, guys, going into this movie, what was your knowledge of it? Or did you know anything about it? I'm going to be honest here. I want to be for real with our audience. When I had heard about this movie and how colossally bad it was, I Wikipedia'd. Wikipedia it I I looked up on Wikipedia I read the synopsis and everything and I, I came to the end and we just went like oh well that's boring and then that was pretty much it I didn't really focus too much on it I had no desire to see this movie after reading the synopsis but here we are yeah I the closest I came to knowing anything about it was it would pop up all the time on whenever you're on Netflix, when I would pop on for some things here, Prime a lot recently. Short of just seeing that poster, I knew absolutely nothing about this movie. So you are the only one that did not know the ending to this movie before, or nope. should I say the middle of this movie before we watched this. What was going through your mind? I got a lot of knowing vibes from the Nick Cage movie. Okay. Because it did almost the same thing, where it just turned the entire movie about midway to two-thirds of the way through. A lot of times, it was just me muttering to myself, ah, go fuck yourself. And multiple times in that, because I... The only thing I liked was that the writing at times was so poor with it that it was making me second-guess myself if I actually knew what the actual ending was going to be. Did you know that there was a did you know that there was a, a twist in this? No. You had no idea. No idea. Interesting. It. So I was I was fresh knowing it and like about when when the twist starts to happen, I'm like, oh, okay, I see. I know exactly what's gonna go. Then they start doing some things and I'm like, wait, are they just gonna completely walk all this back? Like I was happy that my instincts in the middle of the movie were correct. This movie is crazy. Yeah. And then the twist happens and then everything just is is so much crazier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we want to get into like the twist. It's a huge part of it. I guess we should cuz yes. we we've been go we've been spoiling it ahead of plot recently. So might as well start too. So basically, 95% of what happens in this movie is a video game that Matthew McConaughey's son, 14-15 year old son is programming. It's some yeah. sort of fishing simulator or open world fishing simulator he is an incredibly talented child if this is the stuff that he's programming because he's created i nothing more than i wanted to see what this video game would look like at the end of this i wanted to see him play this game but it, it brought up all sorts of questions of all the the sex parts all the he you know, programs his dad fucking uh, everybody. Yeah, I was just like, really? Like he even programs his dad fucking his mom at one point. Yep. You know, this, and it just this or... kid programmed his parents fucking, and his dad almost raping his mom before they fuck. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But the kid, you find out the kid has some problems. Obviously, he's not well connected you know what i mean he's not he might the be best mindset ish like autistic yeah. a little bit right so Asperger's he's trying to make maybe. it he's trying to make it as realistic as possible and I mean, obviously his parents did it yeah so he programmed his dad to be a a bit of a hooker too a male prostitute yeah, he's kind of a loser he's, he's kind he of programs his dad to be yeah to be yeah, just kind of a loser and a, a maniac. <laughs> he programmed all the worst things that you could have, yeah. father. Yeah, and he yeah. programmed his shitty stepdad to be a, a billionaire. Like, basically. It should have been the complete opposite. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm going to be honest. I, I was kind of interested in the plot at first, even though I knew what was going to happen. Because obviously when you read on Wikipedia, you just kind of get the uh, crypt notes. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't get the full feel of it. So I'm, re- I'm watching it and I'm just kind of going, like, all right, well, I kind of dig what they're going at for now. But just knowing ahead of time what was going to happen kind of takes you out of it regardless. Mm. So I didn't hate it at first. It was just boring. It was so boring. The The dialogue just really sucked in this movie. Yeah, at, at one point where I had one of my mind changes during the uh, the twist was when he comes into the empty bar and gets the, the rum and then sits in the old fisherman's chair. Then I was like, oh, is this going to be, he's going to end up that he was that fisherman all along? And it was some <laughs> kind of loop. You time out, of, that's how you end the game. You end the game as the old fisherman sitting in the bar. And that quickly changes. But that was what I meant by the, the writing was not great in the sense that it confused me at times when mm. it really shouldn't have where everything or anything was going. And I yeah. think it just happened for no reason that I don't even know why they would happen. But I guess they were trying to make you think like, oh, it's a game. You know, that's why this crazy shit happens. But yeah, they don't fully invest into that twist either. No. Like you think there's going to be maybe some people start glitching out or something or like people will repeat themselves over, you know, like like an NPC would mm-hmm. or something like that. And it really never really fully commits to it yeah Uh, it's it's on and off yeah it doesn't even get the truman show level where the the characters say the same thing to him every morning right right exactly they get close with the uh the bait shop owner Mm -hmm. when he starts questioning her and then she just freezes and then starts the normal line she says to him right yeah that's the closest they get but that's a stretching to find something yeah, everybody else's dialogue is very stilted, except for his. Yeah. And that's a, that's basically as far as they go. What r- this movie really boils down to, if you get rid of the twist, I think this movie becomes a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. If you keep uh, it, and th- th- this is what I wrote down in my notes is on how to fix this movie, if you just keep it a murder mystery, not a mystery, but, you know, like a revenge type movie where... Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey plan on doing what they do and they're overcoming obstacles along the way to do it. This is such a better movie because to me, that's that's pretty cool. You could even explore it further. They do what they do maybe halfway through the movie and Mm -hmm. then they're facing the repercussions. Maybe Matthew McConaughey is having second thoughts about it. There were so many different ways they could have taken this movie and to do that twist it's kind of mind-boggling it made i don't know who talked him into that yeah i don't know and it happens so much earlier than you think it it's going to happen right he starts like to figure out fairly quickly because i read the synopsis too and i i would have guessed this was a third act revelation but it happens yeah. halfway through the movie mm-hmm. there's a good chunk 25 minutes of him just like freaking out about it maybe i'm going crazy i'm gonna just drink a lot and then i'm gonna just drive around i'm gonna go to the beach i'm gonna talk to the rules guy and then i'm I'm just gonna break the rules anyway rules have changed right so again this could have been where he's having that existential crisis yeah after he does what he does and it becomes so much it weighs so much heavy like more heavily on the character and on the audience It, it means so much more in that way it could have been a very simple film noir-ish sort of story. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. But they decided to turn it into a video game movie for some yeah. reason. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't, because I was thinking the same thing about noir, and I didn't know if I, it was because I watched this movie right after watching a average film noir movie on Turner Classic Movies that I, my brain was just in that headspace. From Anne Hathaway's clothes to just being on a little exotic island sort of mm-hmm. vibe to it. It it just it just all felt that way. And that's where I thought they were going with it at first. Yeah. And then the twist happens, like you said, much earlier. And it was I, I don't remember enough about the, the the other movie I'd mentioned, the Nick Cage movie, but it was that same thing where I was like, Oh, I, I'm actually 
if they go with this and just keep pushing it, it might actually be a decent movie. I don't know why people are so upset about this. Reminders, I didn't know about the twist going in. And then all of a sudden the twist happens and I'm just like, basically, fuck it for the rest of the movie. This is fucking stupid. If anything, I thought it was going to be like he was imagining the kid mm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was, I thought the kid died. Yeah, I, I he was yeah. remembering his dead kid. That's what I thought they were going to go for. I think this is time that we uh, stop dicking around and we get to the plot. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to uh, listen to a word from a friend of the podcast. So uh, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. All right, welcome back. And uh, this time, it's time to get into the plot of Serenity. Uh, before I do, just so you guys know, this currently has an IMDb score of 5.3 and a Rotten Tomato score of 20%. Budget was $25 million and it made 8.5. So it is a certified bomb. Most of that money was spent on the actors, right? I'd have to imagine so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, so get right into it. Serenity. Matthew McConaughey plays Baker Dill, a drunk that lives on Plymouth Island and charters fishing boats for paying customers looking to fish tuna. He's currently obsessed with a fish called Justice. Hint, hint. Yeah. And he's just a drunk. When he is not fishing for tuna, he's throwing pity fucks at the crazy hat lady spinster, Diane Lane, as if Diane Lane couldn't catch a dick anywhere she goes. Is that a compliment? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Diane Lane could catch a dick anywhere she goes. Anytime, anywhere. I just Diane Lane wants a dick, she could get it. I because I just feel like she's a classier lady than that. Well, sure. (laughs) I don't know if she's worthy (laughs) of that saying is what I'm is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, anyway, Diane Lane (laughs) is an age appropriate love interest for Matthew McConaughey. And they treat her like she's a crazy old spinster in this movie. Yeah. I wasn't interested in her character at all. Oh, she's got no, she's got barely (laughs) character. She's a side mission. Yeah. Side mission that he conquers constantly, apparently. Yep. It's Grand Theft Auto, essentially, right? Yeah. Catch the cat is the, is the side mission game. Basically, if he finds her cat, he brings it to her and she fucks him as a reward. And then she pays him. He's that good of a lay. This kid programmed his dad (laughs) to be such a good lay that that he gets paid. That he gets paid. <laughs> well, maybe that's how he thinks the world works. Yeah. I mean, he's 13, 14 years old, right? That's possible. But it's weird to create your dad as that as that avatar in yeah. your world. <laughs> my dad's just going to fuck ladies all day, bro. I was just saying, I think if I were creating, I my dad would be much... I, I definitely would leave that part out. But it's not the worst thing to program it into someone, right? My dad just slays poon all day. <laughs> just there's, like your attributes knows how to lay pipe. <laughs> Can fuck. <laughs> this guy fucks. Right. And that's, that's what uh, he does. It's, he drinks. Again, worst things to program your father. He drinks. He fucks. He yells about tuna. He probably smells and he hears voices. He definitely <laughs> smells in there. He's constantly wet. He's constantly wet. He's constantly fishing. His idea of a shower is to jump into the ocean. Yeah, he so he definitely smells like fish and that's a pretty that's a guaranteed. Yeah. And he also talks to his son. Before we even know that of the twist, he has some sort of psychic connection with his son, which it seems like he's dead at first, but he's not dead. Right. There it almost dead. sounds like they're going for a sixth sense kind of feel. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, while Baker Dill is going on boat excursions and yelling at Dishman Hunsu that his wife died and he's bad luck now because his wife died, there's some pencil neck dude that is trying with a briefcase just trying to get in touch with Mr. Baker Dill. He was my least favorite character in this movie. 
Are you talking about the rules? Yeah, he was my least favorite. You hate the rules, Dan. I was programmed to break the rules. That was so, why I'm here. In this movie that has Jason Clark playing the most obvious bad guy in the world that can't wait to go down to that one street in Plymouth Island, find him a little girl that will just yep. let him fuck her in the ass for $10 a piece. The rules guy, though. Well, <laughs> that was the one you ate. I, I hated the rules guy because he was more annoying than anything. He had he no was. personality. He just kind of shows up and he says a f- couple things and it's, again, boring. I wish he weren't around. Yes, obviously the, the Boston guy who wants to do what Anthony said is a bad person for sure. And I don't, I don't condone that, but... <laughs> but he was at least interested. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I like Jason Clark. So he goes out on the boat after, um, again, and he can't, just can't seem to catch justice. So he, what does he do? He decides to drink away his sorrow in the only bar in town. That's when his ex-wife, Karen, played by Anne Hathaway, shows up. And the most dramatic whip pan reveal of all time. Yeah. So, a little sparkle in the ring. Yeah. It's so odd. <laughs> yeah. So odd, her reveal. I would have been more into it if she turned out to have, like, witch power. That would be, <laughs> yeah. I'm always on board for just introducing witchcraft. Yeah. Wait, is this? I'm just learning this. When did this come about? You're okay at any point. Witchcraft is all right. It's on the table. If the twist was she was a witch versus it being a video game, I would take witch. Absolutely. Well, okay. I'm not disagreeing with that, but (laughs) how long do we know? uh, How long is the lie, Dan? Where's the lie? (laughs) No, there's no lie. But how long have we known each other? Probably like over. Yeah, probably a decade plus. Right. I don't think I've ever heard you say I'm all on board for witchcraft. It's, you know, it's never come up until this moment. I, there has to have been a, a time when witchcraft... We used to watch horror movies together. You know, those movies it, had witchcraft in it. In it. it Season it, of the Witch. I love it. I was, I was just going to say, one of his favorite horror movies is literally called Season of the Witch. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just saying... I, listen, I understand. I, I like it. I like what you're saying. But... In the ten years that I've known you, you've n- I've never heard you say, "Oh, I'm all about witchcraft." That's a that's a weird thing to just say all of a sudden. I I, I never, never said I never said that I was all about witchcraft. I was said I'm on board about with witchcraft. Okay, but again, I'm I didn't know that. I feel like this is something we should have known. Now we know, and it okay. took serenity to bring that out. But yeah, no, if a movie's going to introduce witchcraft, I say do it. Okay. I'm, so anyway, I'm all for it. Anne Hathaway, unfortunately, is not a witch in this movie. She in this is... movie. <laughs> in this movie. In real life, it's entirely possible. <laughs> She'd probably prefer to be called the Wiccan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is the preferred nomenclature. But anyway, she plays Baker Dill's ex-wife, Karen, who they, I guess they were high school sweethearts, which is weird because... <laughs> Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey have a 13-year age gap. And it's obvious. Quite obvious. It's, so when it's she the starts most obvious about, thing ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, Matthew McConaughey, still a handsome man, but he looks yeah. every bit of his 50 years old. <laughs> you know, obviously, in the 80s and 90s, and I mean, as far as cinema has been around, really, you've had 20, 25-year-olds playing high schoolers, and sometimes it works, right? Mm-hmm. sometimes it works there's no way that you could make me believe that they met in high school zero percent chance maybe he's wooderson from based and confused and she was just one of those high school girls that stayed the same age maybe they met at high school <laughs> oh okay so he, he was, was in the parking lot or at okay. a high school right he, her, uh, her high school he was doing he was making the rounds is what you're yeah, saying he, he was okay. recruiting for the for the army Right. So they were, quote unquote, high school sweethearts where she was in high school and he was at a high school. Yeah. yeah. OK, lo- I'll buy it. He was it. at the local high school, not necessarily his. It's oh, kind of funny, right. though, because there's a scene later when they're on the boat. She starts talking about she shows her him the ring that he got her the first time they first time they fucked, basically. And she mentioned she drops the fact that she was 16 
And it's just funny if you know the age difference, because then you're like, oh, yeah, and he was 29. Yeah, it's it doesn't become less creepy. Yeah, it's just funny because they're they set it up that they're high school sweethearts. And it's obviously they weren't <laughs> even even if that's the case, there's it's still creepy. Yeah, no, obviously the age gap is enough. that it's like, oh, that's weird. But yeah, just the fact that they are trying to play this off like they're uh, they're the same age is hilarious. Meanwhile, Diane Lane is right there. That is an age appropriate love interest. Yes. And she's just a cat lady. She's got no husband. She's a Spencer. She's going to die alone because she's in her 50s. Yeah. And I and I think she could have been a more convincing Karen just because it wouldn't have looked as awkward. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't think I, I like. Dan's like I don't like I don't like fifty year old women in leading leading woman roles. <laughs> right. I think once you enter a certain age, it's time to hang it up. No, uh, I just no. That's not the thing I'm saying. The, again, I go back to saying Diane Lane doesn't need to be in this movie. No, she absolutely does not need to. Yeah. She's just an NPC. She shows up at the bar and she says, "Let's go onto your boat and talk." On the boat and talk, they talk about her their high school reunion and how she tracked them down uh, via Facebook, and she puts in the why she's there. Basically, she wants him to kill her husband because he's abusive. He's going to be there in a couple days, and she wants him to basically charter a boat with him, bring him on the boat, and then feed him to the sharks. She mentions their son, Matthew McConaughey, and Anne Hathaway's son spends all his time playing video games and kind of that's his escape from this abusive stepfather. That scene ends. He goes back home and Diane Lane is there and she interrogates him a little bit about Anne Hathaway. He goes, strips naked and jumps in the water to take a shower. So where he starts hearing his son. This is so, so much McConaughey, but like yep. so much in this scene. Yeah, so, so, in, so in 2019, we got both. America's ass and McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> McConaughey's ass. Yeah. McConaughey's ass is America's ass. Sorry, cat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. How do you figure? He literally, he literally wears Captain America's outfit. He's literally America. Because he's McConaughey. That doesn't make him more American. A homegrown Texas boy. All right, all right, all right. Chris Evans is from... He's from you know, California. No, he's from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, fuck him. Liberal yeah, he's, Massachusetts. He's bored with us now. <laughs> yeah. I just jumped ship. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, True American, Matthew McConaughey. Texas Longhorn well, himself, McConaughey. I mean, if we're being honest, if we're being honest here, Massachusetts was one of the first colonies, so... Yeah, but now it's ruined by all those dumbocrats. <laughs> Coastal be, elites. Be that as it may, uh, he still counts as one of the original 13 <laughs> colonies. Therefore, he is more American in my eyes. Don't mess with Texas, man. Coastal elites. There's a country between New York and Massachusetts and California, man. And Matthew McConaughey is representing them all. McConaughey okay. 2020 is all I'm saying, everybody. Okay. I, I mean, it couldn't be any worse. <laughs> that, that's well, funny. no. We're on, a, uh, we're on a sinking ship that's also on fire. How could it get any worse? <laughs> I, I, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm going down. I'm playing once the violin, again, baby. Once again, the Mayans, if you're listening, now would be a great time for you to predict <laughs> the end of the world and actually deliver on that. Oh, they're, they're all dead, Ant. I don't think they're going to be <laughs> predicting anything anymore. Uh, we really we get a lot of listeners in Maya. <laughs> do we? Yes, we do. Oh, Trust me. Well, now, are we simulcast in? Uh... Yes. Okay. In the in the Mayan afterlife, we, they get a live feed. They're hearing <laughs> okay. all this unedited. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's got to be pretty trippy. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure. Uh, anyway, uh, so he swims around naked and this is when he hears his son and then he sees his son. And this is sort of where we, the point, I guess we're assuming he has some sort of psychic connection with his son. Cause then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's back in his, he's back in the bar, I think. But I guess he died. Like if this is a video game, he, he stays underwater too long and he dies. Right. And he wakes back up. 
Yeah. Oh, does he? Uh, does he wake re- up in respawn? bed? Respawn. Yeah. He respawns regardless. So next day, Jason Clark shows up a day early, and he's the evil husband slash stepdad named Frank. And he's this big, big shot, is able to charter a Learjet, show up a day early, surprises Anne Hathaway, and then beats the shit out of her because she has a scratch on her, which we don't even know where she gets that scratch from. I, I thought like that. She, it, it's not like she fucks Matthew McConaughey and they have rough sex and she he scratches her and he gets she gets the shit beat out of her. We have no, we have no idea where she gets the. I, I wonder if it's implied that uh, Diane Lane's cat attacks her. <laughs> well, that's a stretch, but no, because I think he says something. Uh, the husband was like, "Oh, playing with a cat," or something mm-hmm. when he finds the scratch. Maybe that was edited out. Maybe no, we. Doesn't... Why would you not leave that in? <laughs> see, I would love to see scene of Anne Hathaway getting attacked by a cat. <laughs> because that ties in with the witchcraft, witchcraft, if you think about it, right? Yeah. What it's... if Diane Lane is the witch? witch. There you go. That's, <laughs> that makes even more she's sense. Gonna, she's lonely. She's in her mid-50s. She's going to die alone. Perfect witch scenario. Probably yeah, dresses she's... like Stevie Nicks. Maybe she's more like a succubus. Maybe. Yeah. Now, I think... McConaughey and Hathaway do it after they meet Frank. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So at that point, they hadn't. There'd be no reason for her to be scratched from McConaughey. Exactly. So this makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. And in, in our point of view, yeah, maybe she's fucking some other guy. I don't know. But you do get Anne Hathaway butt. Yep. Yeah. Not as much well, as you do get. We? Do we? You know? Do we? Yeah. Do, do we? Do we know it's actually? We know it's McConaughey's butt. Because oh, we yeah. see him. He was proud. You, you'd have to go watch Love. Was it a drug? Love and other drugs. drugs. Love and other drugs. Yeah, you'd have to go watch that to make sure. Because I know she's, I know she's in the nude there a few times. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, to me, I'm I'm going to choose to say that was her. Yes. Dan already jerked off to it, so he can't. <laughs> he's got to go he's back. Stay with me. <laughs> regardless, I, even if I turned out it wasn't, it wouldn't matter if I did that. Can't take that back. You can't you can't unjerk. It's already been jerked. You can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle. Exactly. <laughs> Once it's out, it's out, man. Oh, uh, this is what this movie is doing to us. Yeah. Um so Dill goes to his boat and Karen and her husband are there. Dill doesn't want to take him out. Instead he goes and fucks Diane Lane again. The next day Duke finds Dill and he tells him Frank is already on the boat and he's offering ten K to take him out. And he's like, all right, I need the money. You need the money. We'll do it. Then Karen shows up and begs him to kill Frank. But he's like, I'm going on the boat. And nothing's <laughs> going to happen to him. So they go out on the boat. And Frank makes sure we know he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Talks about Dill's kid. He basically says that he's a dumb, dumbass kid. And all he spends all his time playing a fishing game. And, and he, calls he, like, talks... he calls him a prick and everything. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then he talks about wanting to fuck little girls in the ass for ten bucks a piece. It's a good um, price. <laughs> I mean I'm again <laughs> I'm going it. to I am going to push through and we're just gonna we're just gonna go on to the next bullet point. They wind up catching a great white shark <laughs> and Karen is upset that Frank is coming back and she's saying that it's not me who wants you to kill Frank, it's your son. He wants justice. Remember dumb, what, the, dumb, dumb. what the fish's name is, guys? Yeah. His yeah. name is Justice. Oh, get it right? Yeah, get it. That Who's guy, that guy hit the video that game. guy hit the period on that dialogue and leaned back and put his hands behind his head. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Subtlety. <laughs> oh yeah, this movie is subtle as fuck. I nailed that one, guys. Yeah. High five myself. <laughs> yeah. Duke and Dill. <laughs> they go uh, have some drinks at the bar. <laughs> Duke talks about the rules. One of the one of the many talks about rules, and he tells him that he can't kill Frank. This is kind of like one of the first scenes that we get where we realize that kind of everybody knows everything that's going on. Yeah, all these NPCs, I mean side characters, kind of know what goes on at all times. None other yeah. than. Uh, Dijman Hunsu and Diane Lane are very good at knowing that stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and they try to shroud that in the one line from McConaughey basically saying 
save me from temptation or deliver me or whatever he says by having Duke be, I guess, the chaplain of the town? Is uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. He runs the church. Sure. So uh, that's how they try to trick you. Right. Just so boring. <laughs> so boring. Not not you, Mark. Just the whole thing is just Thanks so for boring. Thanks for at that. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to let you. I don't want you over in Philadelphia saying, "Oh, he's like, well, fuck me." I guess you know. <laughs> Not you, Mike. Uh, it's the movie. So after that, Karen shows up on his boat, tries to seduce him to kill her husband. Uh, this is where she talks about puts a ring on her finger when she was sixteen, and says Frank will. Dill says Frank will fall overboard, and the sharks will eat him. And then he almost sort sort of rapes her, but stops when he sees like the whip marks on her back. And then they just regular fuck. Yeah. And it's quick. And he's the only one that enjoys it. And then he says he has one of the most baffling reactions to sex ever. He, he comes, says he wins. He yes. jumps up and his exact words are, That's it. I beat him. I win. <laughs> <laughs> So now, is that the kid talking, or is that Matthew McConaughey talking? I guess that's McConaughey, right? But the kid I is programming. Know. He programmed that. that. The ha- he programmed that that line of dialogue. So yeah. that's it. I beat him. I win. So it's like so, it, so facto, the so kid won somehow. The kid through his dad avatar fucked his mom. Yes. All right. I. And so, he got that's him getting back at his stepdad is to fuck his stepdad's wife, who is also his mom. Right. I, I see someone read Oedipus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's more of a cell phone than anything, if you think about it, right? Like that's what, what what's the saying saying uh saying uh to own the libs? And yeah, fuck my fuck my mom to own the libs. <laughs> right. Right. Is, is that what that's this territory, right? Yep. Bang my yeah. mom to own my stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the best laid plan. And I, I don't have anything else for it that's just not the best laid plan. <laughs> nope. It's something laid, but <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this is kind of on board with our like space sex talk if you think about it right it's we're really <laughs> delving into it and i think it's more that is his avatar so I, he's I, fucking I, his mom i think it's more of the time cop sex talk <laughs> okay can you eiffel tower your wife <laughs> right can the two of you can past you and future you eiffel tower your wife <laughs> right so he fucks anne hathaway and then he kicks him off, her off his boat and then he starts to talk to his kid again so he goes home and when he goes home, the pencil neck guy shows up on Dill's door at 2.30 a.m. Says he's with the bait and tackle company named Fontaine. He's there to give him a free trial on a fish finder. And he accidentally says the magic words, I am the rules. And here's where we have the big reveal. And it's all a video game. The kid is programming. So why would the kid let the avatar know it's a game all of a sudden? Right? I, I mean, it- it, it's his world. Yeah. Why would you why would you tell yourself that it's fake? As soon as we get the reveal, it kind of starts breaking its own metaphor because it, it unravels very quickly. Yeah, because the the rules guy is aware that the creator is changing the rules as the game is going. Yes. And for some reason, the simulation is fighting back and okay. is trying I'm assuming to... that's what it was. Why he let McConaughey know. Is essentially because he knew the simulation was starting to fight back, so needed well, him th- to. Also, McConaughey act- threatens him. Yeah. In in the in the world of the video game, that's the reason why he admits it. Is that so? so the kid is threatening the rules. So the kid is changing the rules or changing the programming, and the right. rules is realizing it. So again, right. it's it's breaking its own metaphor. Yeah, it, it's, and it then becomes very murky. Right. Yeah. Because then for the rest of this movie, the simulation, the game itself is trying to write the ship. The kid is trying to change the rules, trying to allow death in the game before prior to this, because this is what the guy says. No one's supposed to die on Plymouth Island, but the creator is changing the rules of the game. And then now at every turn, now that Dill knows that this is a video game, 
he's breaking his usual path and the simulation is trying to get him back to just fish which kind of doesn't make any sense if the programmer is programming it differently then it should be allowing it it shouldn't be i mean i don't own program video games but i'm assuming it that when you try more sense if we pro if we did any kind of I programming i don't think the screenwriter has any idea we, about programming right yeah i don't think he called in a professional <laughs> yeah, I, to proofread this my right. point was being maybe he i'm hoping that he looked up enough that the idea or the theory that once you create a simulation that once it because i think he has a line in there that um you can do something and then it gives it conscience or something it's it, uh-huh. it kind of borders the matrix in a way yeah and sort of it's it's basically what's going on is he's trying to fight against the as ant alluded to there's a pattern everything just goes out and fishes and that's so as he's breaking that, the game's trying to correct the error mm-hmm. in the code, and that's what everything else is. But they're not sophisticated enough to get that point across without it seeming really terrible and contrived. Yeah, I don't know. Any any experience I've had with computers or video games or anything like that, if there's an error that occurs, shit breaks down. It doesn't try and correct it. It glitches. Yeah, you, you pretty much maybe, can't continue the game. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he was trying, maybe they were trying to make a statement about AI and just completely missed the book on that too. That the That's game possible. is now alive. You right, know? right. It, it's, it's entered its own consciousness in a way. Yeah. Again, it's more matrixy, right? The, like yeah. the matrix is kind of this free-flowing world, right? Mm. So, but instead of having kung fu and women in red dresses... It's booze and sex. Yeah. And fishing. <laughs> so, again, this is only an hour in the movie. We have about 45 minutes left. And very little happens after this between this and when they get Frank back on the boat. He starts talking to his son again, starts drinking a lot more. And the program is trying to get him just to fish and not kill Frank. They send a random-ass kid shows up in the middle of nowhere to be his first mate. That uh, Constance had mentioned is her son. She brings brand new lures for catching tuna. Duke has some guys beat up Frank so he can't go on the boat. And then Dill just kind of freaks out. Gets plastered, drinks an entire bottle of rum, and then starts on a second. And drives out to the middle of nowhere. That's when the rules show up. And tells him the creator is the creator's changing it. And do you know who the creator is? And he says it's his son. And the rule, and he's like, my son wants me to kill his stepdad, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. And the rules are like, all right, I'll help you. Uh, <laughs> it's such a complete 180. Yeah. You can't do this. Okay, never mind. You can yeah. do this. Might as well just help you do it because you're going to do it anyway. Right, we um, only have 40 minutes left. We gotta, we have yeah. to have a purpose for the rules now. Yeah. So Karen, uh, Frank has gotten the shit beat out of him, but Karen. Uh, convinces him to get back on the boat even though he is he is hopped up on painkillers and just he's halfway dead bad shape the the way she does it is super creepy too oh yeah she keeps calling them daddy Ooh, she does that throughout the whole movie and people in in consensual relationships you do what you got to do there is nothing creepier than a woman calling her her significant other daddy yeah it's and she's not doing it in a sexy manner. It's more of a very forceful manner, right? Yeah. It's, it's just like, come on, daddy, come on, daddy. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, yeah. please stop saying that. I will pay you to stop saying daddy. Just say anything, call him anything else. I do not care. Just do not call him that anymore. So eventually they get him on the boat and they go out into the water. And then that kid shows up again. Kind of fucking Dill's plan, but he's just like, uh, stay, stay up on the, I don't know, the crow's nest, whatever. They don't have a crow's nest, but it's more or less. He calls right. it something, but I was yeah. paying attention at this point. On the bow. They're out on the water, and Justice shows up, takes one of the lines, and Dill's like, it's him, it's Justice. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Karen freaks out because she thinks you're you're trying to fish at a time like this. I'm trying to get you to kill my husband. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not fishing. Frank's going to fish for him. 
Right. So he gives Frank the fishing pole and more or less just pushes him off the boat. Let's yeah, let's justice take him. And this which, is a metaphor. Exactly. Uh, I, I love how they also do the callback to the very opening of the movie where he turns to the boy and goes, the paying customer wants to take the line. We're going to give it to him, right? Right. Because it's, that was what he didn't do in the beginning. Right. And it's a metaphor because justice is the kid in real life murdering his stepdad in real life yes it's take so he's used this video game uh, that he's programmed his dad to fuck and kill as motivation finally gets up the courage to murder his stepdad who is asking for it but it happens he stabs his <laughs> stabs his stepdad in the real life and gets and arrested and, and, and i think they even try and drive it home more by having the dad start yelling things about possibly killing the mother. Right. Like he was six feet under and stuff like that, you know. In the news report, it said that he was defending his mother. Yeah. Yeah. And it's revealed yeah. that Matthew McConaughey's character died in real life in yes. Afghanistan? Iraq. 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 Yeah. So he was in the Middle East and he, he, he was killed in combat. Yeah. There is one uh, one of the flashbacks that Matthew McConaughey has that he has often is with him and his kid fishing, which apparently only happened once. They only fished once. That's why the kid programmed him fishing. And it's funny to, for Matthew McConaughey to recall it. He says that he was really mean that that whole trip. Yeah. He was very mad. He, yeah, and it's he just got pissed funny off. that it's like, this is the kid's, like, happy moment with this this dad his dad that is dead now it's the most endearing part and his dad although it is a computer simulation of his dad remembers it as it not being the the nicest of memories all right come on kid i'm sure matthew mcconaughey probably you guys didn't go to the park one day or something right Um, but the movie ends with the kid calling matthew mcconaughey inside the simulation and saying that he's going to change the rules to the game so that they could be together which i i read as that kid was going to commit suicide yes that's okay. what i thought thank you well. right yeah, that's yes. what i thought or which like, is i guess he was fucked up and way to end it yeah he was going to program himself into the game i guess and then just kind of let it run itself yeah. again i don't i don't know if that works in a simulation but i agree i think he was going to program himself and then kill himself yeah what a fucked up ending. <laughs> fucked up note to end this movie on, which is... It, it's try, it tries to be a hopeful note. It's like, oh, you know, I'm going to be with you, Dad. And you're like, oh, okay. But yeah, then it's got dark implications for it's sure. Such a, it's such a weird juxtaposition. Right. The last scene. Because as that final, like, two minutes is occurring, my mind is racing, like we just said, going, he's going to kill himself, right? Yeah, you know, I thought they were going to pull back and reveal like a rope around the kid's neck. You know, like so dark. (laughs) I know. Like I was waiting for it. I'm like, they're they've been so like. Well, that's that's the name of the bars. You know, that's the name of the bars. The rope. Because there's 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 plenty of rope on Plymouth Island enough to hang yourself. Yeah, that's what that's what Dave says. That's why I thought they were going to do that because they had been hammering that home. Every metaphor in the movie was just drilled into it as a sort of, hey, see this? It's a metaphor. Get it? <laughs> yeah. So that's why I thought they were just going to pull back and reveal a rope around the kid's neck. Not yeah. him hanging or anything, just sitting there in that chair with just a rope on mm-hmm. his neck. Like murder-suicide type of thing, right? Yeah. He I kills mean, the stepfather. Yeah. Off that's himself. the implication by him saying, we'll be together, because the dad's dead. Everybody right. knows dad's dead. So for yeah, him and the boy, together. and he got released into his mother's custody. Yeah. They made sure to announce that too. He's Jeffrey Epsteining himself immediately. Well, I was gonna wait, say that. Wait, God wait, damn wait, it. wait a timestamp this. <laughs> <laughs> so the the kid had he had uh, dirt on a lot of powerful people, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, Hillary Clinton gets another one. <laughs> oh, this time a 14 year old boy. Uh, this is the first time anyone's listening to us. They were going to think this is a complete right-wing podcast. Yeah. That's right, because we've been saying libtards and owning the loot. Oh, no, that was the first time we've said that. But <laughs> and, and Anthony praising middle America. 
just trying to get those just trying to get true the USA. Up. You said the middle middle America is the true USA. Yeah, just trying to get those listens up, man. Got to hit just, that Midwest. Using yeah. the word Democrats. So, What's up, Nebraska? So are we are we transitioning to the Bible Belt podcast next week? Yeah. Yep. Okay. We did Kirk Cameron. Right, we, we, we reviewed oh, a Kirk Cameron. <laughs> we did. So we lost them, but now we're going to get them back. We're going to get them back. Yeah. yeah. Very good. We yeah. Are Marshall was awesome. And that is Serenity. Yeah. This is a batshit crazy movie. Yeah, Not in a good it's... way. Yeah. It's yeah. just bizarre. It would be a completely normal, probably forgettable, but a movie like, like Dan, you said, if you lifted the entire twist out of this movie... Yeah, it it would have a really nice long life playing on USA at two o'clock in the afternoon on the weekends. You love USA. You mentioned that a lot. <laughs> That's just my go-to of like <laughs> middle of the road mediocre. I I think mine's TBS, but <laughs> we all have one. We all have one. Yeah. But yeah, I I think you know if you have it where McConaughey and Hathaway were high school sweethearts, whatever. And she comes back. She's in a bad relationship with Jason Clark's character, Frank. Like, you know, he abuses our kid. I want him gone. And I want the, like, the life insurance or whatever. Make it look like an accident. And then you kind of have Matthew McConaughey going back and forth with him. Do I do this? Do I not do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then he does it halfway through the movie. He does it. And then maybe his conscience gets to him or he's he's having that crisis of should he should he do the right thing and own up to it or whatever it could have been so much better because to me i like that idea where you take jason clark on the boat you off him there and then maybe you have almost like the the telltale heart in a way every time he goes out he sees that fish or he sees jason clark or whatever yeah and then you know mcconaughey and ann athway can go on having productive acting careers after (laughs) (laughs) I'm, i'm sure they will and they did I think Anne Hathaway did Colossus after this, or Colossal after this, and that was a pretty good movie. Um, I think this is each of their last movie that they've done. Well, yeah. I think Colossal so, was like two years ago. Okay, so I, I did the numbers. I crunched the numbers, guys. I put my, my nerd hat on here. So surprisingly, we were talking about this off-air because of the reconnaissance, right? Everyone knows about the reconnaissance. And mm-hmm. Anthony, you were saying that it happened... At Tropic Thunder, 2008. Yep. Right? So everyone, and Mark pointed out that most of his bad movies were prior to that, which he was correct. But he only has a 36% rotten rating out of all of his movies. And he was in 69. Nice. Yep, there it is. 69 movies, and 25 of them are rotten. So that's not bad. 36%? It's pretty good. He's pretty consistent. It's not bad. Yeah, Anne Hathaway... She doesn't have as much of a sample size as McConaughey. She only has 47. But well, that's pretty that's pretty good, but she's 42% she's also, rotten. She's only th- she's 13 years younger than him, so. Yeah. I I think she's going to get more roles. I I think he's more I, maybe he's a little more picky with his roles as of sure. late, but yeah. she's going to get she's going to get more. And yeah. uh in like 18 years she'll get to play Diane Lane's role as a crazy cat lady. Yeah, well, the the pity sex from uh, Zach Efron, <laughs> <laughs> who's also in his fifties. Jesus. Well, what did you say about Diane Lane? She's uh, he's giving her pity sex, even though da- Diane Lane could catch a dick anytime, anywhere. Well, that's Anne Hathaway for sure. If uh, you're yeah. gonna say that about Diane Lane, you have to equate it to. Oh no! Anne make Hathaway. no mistake. Yeah, you know, Anne Hathaway could probably catch twice as many dicks as diane lane can anytime anywhere do you at think this when, point in her life do you think that'll hold true that twice as many when she's 50 It'll probably even out okay so she, 18 years ish it's a long time yeah yeah we'll, we'll see i to me i think she'll still be the same yeah. in similar I mean, she, look she could go michelle pfeiffer she could go kelly lebrock time will tell <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> And if you haven't, check out Kelly LeBrock <laughs> the past few years. I'm, I'm doing that right now, actually. Would Kathleen Turner be a... Kathleen Turner is another one, yep. Did, did you bring that up recently, Kelly LeBrock? 
Nope. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> That's just you're you're I, I saw you're a the mean photo kid. of the uh, three of them from Weird Science. You're a mean guy, Ant. Is that where the thought came from, Ant? What's that? Did you see the photo of the three the Weird Science reunion? Nope. At some at some show, it was the three of them and the weird nerdy kid that's not Anthony Michael Hall or Kelly LeBrock actually looks the best out of the three of them. Mm-hmm. Like that, he's aged the best. It's kind of right. amazing. Wait, was she? Oh, she was okay. She, I I thought this said she was married to Steven Seagal, but she's just starting a movie with him. Okay, no, I, I think it's the same thing. It counts. <laughs> I think she was attached to him at some point, and he like, and oh. he was terrible to him to her. Yeah, married in '87, divorced in '96. There you go. Yeah, because he's a psycho. No, what gave you that idea? Yeah, I mean, even more so than just what his movies would portray him as. My, my favorite is. thing of Steven Seagal are his martial art uh, <laughs> clips where he just kind of faintly touches you and you go right. flying. Yeah. It's it's almost as if he's a force <laughs> user. <laughs> but but that's, that's my favorite part about him. My least favorite part about him is everything else. Yeah. Except for Alfred Justice. That movie is awesome. Haven't seen it. Maybe that'll show up one day. I do an episode of Alpha Justice. I, I was gonna say I think we're long overdue for a Steven Seagal movie. We have not done a Steven Seagal movie in a while. Maybe next week. We haven't we'll done find, one at all, have we? No, we have not actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He would. This would be a first. The the first time. The next time will be the first time. Yep. Uh. So guys, last last words on Serenity. I kind of want to watch the Nathan Fillion movie now. <laughs> Completely different movie. Well, but but it's the <laughs> same name. Yeah. Maybe it's better. I don't know. That's right. Skyscraper uh, was like that. The the title of the movie comes from the same exact thing because the boat in this movie is named Serenity, Serenity. That's and true. the ship in Firefly is named Serenity. There you go. So, uh, he couldn't even get that idea original. Uh, my my last thought on Serenity. Uh, I'm not angry that i watched this movie like when we watched uh treasure of the maya Mm -hmm. i was blood red mad when i finished that movie (laughs) because that was a waste of time i could have done anything else with this i don't hate because it had such a strong cast yeah i I don't mind seeing it but that's it i think the only thing that lets this movie down is its script yes yeah, it looks nice. The actors do an okay job. The... McConaughey goes a little Nick Cage in it, which is fine, which is great. Yeah, yeah, he can do that as long as he doesn't go full Nick Cage. If he just does yeah. like maybe a quarter Nick yeah. Cage, it's it's passable. Like Snake Eyes, Nick Cage. Sure, just sort of. Yeah, you don't want to go face off Nick Cage. That's <laughs> that's too far. Yeah. Too uh, Mark, any. Yeah, there's just this movie um, could have done so much more with everything it was given, like we said, outside of the script. Any average script would have turned this into a, as you said, a repeatable syndicated movie that shows up on any one of those stations all the time. Um, But the fact that they had to be, you know, a little bit like, ooh, look. I came up with this great twist trying to do the next M. Night Shyamalan thing or something, you know. Uh, and he even can't even top himself anymore. But it's just, I not knowing the twist going in was probably better for me because then I wouldn't have been waiting for it. Um, but I don't know if I wouldn't have been as mad as I was in the last half of this movie if I knew what the twist was. Okay. If you know what I'm saying yeah. with that. It's definitely a movie that is too clever for its own good. Um, but I do got to say one thing. At least it um, didn't end with uh, sending the kids in the movie to the Garden of Eden, which is the end of knowing. Spoilers for that awful movie. Oh, wow. I haven't seen it, Mark, so thank you very much. It's a terrible way movie. To s- don't see it. Way to spoil <laughs> it, Mark. Could have been a movie that we watched on this podcast, but no. We now, we're not, now we're not going to. All right. <laughs> Because of your actions. <laughs> your actions. Cut to, cut to, cut to a year this. later. <laughs> right. We Welcome to They Called Us a Movie. This week we did uh, Knowing with Nick Cage and Rose Byrne. 
I remember way too much. I believe so. I believe so. Um, Yeah. So essentially, I wish for the production value with it and the the 25 million shows that um, there is a much better chance for this movie to just break even if it if it wouldn't have tried to go for the twist. Okay. Yeah. This movie should have introduced witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, like we said, lose the twist and then just have it be about Anne Hathaway trying to get Matthew McConaughey to kill um, Jason Clark. And then when he won't do it, she places a curse on him that he'll never catch fish again until he does it. Mm, that's, I like that. that's how I that's how I would have made this better. That'd be, and it's cool because she's wearing white throughout the film, right? Yeah, so it'd be and a, nice, then, a nice little. And then she shows up in black, and she's a witch. No. And then she has to fight Diane Lane, who's also a witch. I don't like Diane Lane in this. <laughs> I don't want her in any sort, in, in any form of this movie. Get her out. You hate you hate women in their forties plus that are comfortable with their own sexuality. You could have just stopped after woman. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kidding. No, I just I don't understand why Diane Lane was in this movie. No, she's there's absolutely... no reason to have her in there. Just get her out. I want her gone. She's too good for this movie. Look, if this is a video game, you could completely ignore her because she was a side quest. Yeah, yeah. I, as Dan said, I think he's more pissed that that they had Diane Lane play this character instead of some random actress, right? Like Kelly LeBrock, <laughs> right? <laughs> That, make, probably... that can't necessarily ca- catch a dick anytime, anywhere. <laughs> right. Maybe uh. depending on the circumstances. <laughs> a bang over her head. <laughs> let's, not, uh. let's not go that crazy. But yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, we're not going to regret this anytime. Guys, we were going to pick up They Call This a Movie, but your Kelly LeBrock bashing really turned us <laughs> off. So we're going to have to pass on you guys. Damn you, Kelly LeBrock. I mean, this is this is our James Gunn tweets, right? Exactly. (laughs) So in this episode, you said Diane Lane could catch dick. (laughs) Now, what do you mean by that? Well, I obviously mean that as a compliment. Let me just put that out there right now. Right. (laughs) Again, with the. uh... The libtards and all that. Yeah, this is this will be our burial podcast for sure. If anyone wants to pick us up, that and Trump's America. Come on, that's true. That's yeah. true. We've only got six more years. We gotta. Unfortunately, we have to. Uh, we have to play the both sides. I guess we have to pander, as it were. Yeah. If Turning Point USA wants to pick us up, no. Nah. I wouldn't take Jesus. their money. I gotta be honest. Yeah. We have to have. <laughs> I, I've got standards. Stand- I do have standards, yeah. and that's and that's it. someday um, we're gonna yeah. have kids, and we're gonna have to look our kids in the face and like, yeah, oh, we yeah. took their money, and like, oh well, you're a shitty dad. Yep, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But so no, we're gonna stick with geeks of Geek Vibes Nation. I don't care how much money, uh, whatever his name is, Charlie Kirk throws at me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but then after that, you're going to have to find someone to fill my place because I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Every man has their price. Mine was like $10,000. This is where you edit in the million dollar man laugh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And then, uh, so you can find me at dequino122 on Twitter. <laughs> uh, if you want to make me an offer, just shoot me a DM. You guys got any pluggables? Yeah, uh, just please send me money uh, <laughs> any way possible. No, um, Damn, you... we don't have a Patreon yet. Well, <laughs> he takes cash. Yeah, just, just I'll take an whatever. Envelope. <laughs> uh, unmarked bills. Card. Yeah, I'm not unmarked. <laughs> uh, I, my Twitter is at dequino122. Uh, you can also check our D and D podcast out at Stranger Damies. Uh, please follow us on there. We like to chat with anyone and everyone, movies, Dungeons and Dragons, whatever. You know, we're open to talking. So hit us up. Yep. And as usual, Stranger Damies um, aired yesterday. It was the final episode of uh, the session we did before the most recent one. Um, so starting with uh, episode eighty, um, will be uh, brand- our most recent session. So, Bo almost caught up to date to everything we know. 
And um, I got to say, uh, the next uh, three to four episodes are pretty interesting. And, you know, we deal, a lot of, we deal with a lot of first-time stuff. That's all I'll say. So be sure to check it all out. Um, and go back and listen to the archives if you need a refresher on it. Okay. Uh, and that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we are They Called This a Movie. You can find us at They Called This a Movie. com. We are on every podcast streaming app you could think of. We are on iTunes, Google Play Podcast, Stitcher, and now on Spotify, as well as anything that uses an RSS feed should pop right up. So if you, whatever app you use to catch your pods, uh, just search They Call This a Movie. We should pop right up. We are a part of themaindamey.com, and you could find us on themaindamey.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at themaindamey. We are a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, who run a bunch of different uh, podcast shows, and you could pretty much have just about anything that you could think of. There's there's probably a show for you. Uh, you could check them out at gvnation.com or Geek Vibes Nation on all the social media platforms. Um, I think that's all the usual things. Oh, if you have any questions or comments or you want to shoot us an email about a movie that you think would fit right in, you can send us an email at mainnaming at gmail.com. Uh, I am at Antelvec on Twitter. So if you want to reach out to me there, you can do so. Uh, and that's going to wrap it up. So this is Anthony Velvecchio for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. This is the episode where we tell Stephen Knight, director of Serenity, to go fuck himself. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.